Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. You're listening to part three of three of this very special interview with best-selling author Matt Bracken, right here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Uh, I like the way that Neil Bortz just retired... um, yeah, he's a libertarian, and I, a lot I don't agree with, but he has a nice trichotomy. He calls it, he says there's three classes, the moochers, the producers, and the looters. The looters are the political class who loot from the producers to give to the moochers in order to buy their votes. Well, between the looters who work in government, the moochers who are watching you know, TV at home eating with their welfare cards, they're always going to be, you know, we've reached the point now where they are going to outvote the producers perpetually. We are about 10 years behind Venezuela on that scale. Well, there's no question about it. I mean, you either have a, a system where, where a small group loots a lot, a large group, where a large group loots a small group, where everybody loots everybody, or no one loots nobody. I mean, those are really, a, if you want to look at the looter cons, construct, that's really where it is. And we're now in a situation virtually where everyone's looting everybody. Uh, and that's why society is, is such, at a, such a tipping point. And there's a, you know, there's a darker, a darker uh, uh, strain below it. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is a valid quote, um, but it's a, a, attributed to Lenin that he would say, the worse, the better. And people are still looking to Obama and saying, it doesn't make sense what he's doing. This won't improve the economy. These, they, in other words, there are still people that believe that Obama wants to improve the economy. That's not the point. The reason he's advertising for food stamps in Mexico, you know, the reason that he's letting them out of jail, illegal aliens out of jail, he wants, it, it's the, it's the Cloward um, Piven Cloward Previn, absolutely. It, it, they're setting up the revolutionary conditions. They want as many people dependent as possible. Well, Cloward Nobody and, gets turned down for anything. They want everybody dependent. 
The Clowerton Piven has been in operation now since the 60s. It had a high point. They tried it in the 60s. It got beaten back a little, but it came right back again. Clowerton Piven is that whole construct where you overload the system, it fractures and falls apart. Uh, and, and really... Uh, we are at the tipping point, and, and what happens is they keep changing the rules. They're not quite ready yet for the tipping point to occur. So what they're trying to do is to manipulate events so that they truly feel they will be in control when collapse comes. Uh, you know, and I think that that's a very dangerous game to play because there are too many wild cards if the economy truly does collapse in that way. There are a lot of wild cards, as you well know. Yeah, I... I I am having this discussion with several people. If you look at the sincere Department of Homeland Security special response team leader, he may believe, you know, the cities are going to explode, and that's why we need MRAPs, because we're going to need those kind of armored vehicles to convoy the food into the uh, Piggly Wiggly and the Giant and the Publix. And that may be his sincere belief, you know, that in order to get through these cities in chaos with the food, they're going to need that kind of firepower. But I don't think it's going to work. Now, the, the nomenclatura class, you know, the, the uh, senior executive service, the generals, they may have room for them in these continuity of government sites that every state has, and obviously there's more of them clustered around Maryland and Virginia. These continuity of government sites might have food and fuel for their generators enough to last for years. But that doesn't mean they're going to be able to control events outside of their safe, their safe, you know, mountain retreats. And I liken it to the captain of the Titanic and the officers having a safe room. Well, of, they of might, course. They might be completely safe, but the ship is still going to sink. And I think that's true. I mean, when I look at the bunker mentality, and that's really what that is, if you are in the bunker, you're the prisoner, not the other way around. It's fine if, as long as your forces are winning on the outside. But I think that once the uh, once the cities go crazy, and you know, with the EBT cards all flashing error, there is no force on earth that's going to put that Humpty Dumpty back together again. Because the, the the food stores will be looted the first week. Once the food stores are looted, a week after that, starvation begins, and at that point, it's impossible to resupply those stores because when people aren't hungry, an 18-wheeler can just pull behind the supermarket and unload. But when people are starving and that store has been burned, the infrastructure for distribution no longer exists. People will hijack that truck as soon as it gets off the off-ramp you know, in the city. If they so even, unless they can convoy all of those food trucks in, and half of these stores, remember, they'll have been burned. There won't be electricity, so they'll the only the only viable you know, viable <laughs> they'll be reduced to unloading at food distribution centers set up by FEMA, and the only way they can control that is with barbed wire and guards, and that's not going to work. Right, it, it's not going to work, and it it really will be a, a really a tragedy uh, if that happens, and and really what. What upsets me most is that it appears to me that the administration wants that to happen. They have, no matter what they say publicly, they have set a series of events in motion that can only lead 
down that road. That's right. The, the captain of the Titanic is aiming for the iceberg. Exactly and, right. And he thinks that he's going to be able to reorganize society in the aftermath. But the ship is going to go down. And at, at this point, my advice to people is, you better be preparing your own life raft. Absolutely. Because if you're waiting to get into the official life raft, you're not going to make it. Well, you know, that comes, you bring up a really good point, and that is all of these people that Lenin and Stalin would call the useful idiots, they are the ones who are promoting this with the expectation that they will be on the life raft. But you and I both know that in the final result, they will not be on the life raft. They will be betrayed because they are being used, like the people in the press. They are being used by the administration to, to spout the party line. But when it comes to the life raft, they're going to be swimming in the ocean. Absolutely. And, and you know, whereas somebody told me uh, as an acronym, uh, uh, C- CFS, Cannibal Food Supply, uh, a.k.a. Uh, morons ready to eat. <laughs> you know, there's... But, I mean, it's, you know, it's black humor, but, I mean, we have, we have developed a food distribution infrastructure that is absolutely unsustainable if any of the props are kicked out. It's well, like those, it's those nitroglycerin-filled bowling pins. They're all very stable and safe-looking as long as not one of them falls over. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, all you have to do is see what happens at food distribution when, after there's any kind of a hurricane or natural disaster. I mean, it's chaos. And, a, and a, to, to you look at a, something like a Katrina, that's in a, a small area of the country, which is analogous to um, a person having a, uh, say, a traumatic injury like a you know, penetrating wound or a, you know, amputation of a finger or maybe even a hand. But the rest of the body's able to tourniquet it, and put bandages on it, send antibodies there. And, and you, you know, the people in Louisiana, they knew the cavalry was coming. Now, they could argue that Bush wasn't doing a good job with the uh, FEMA effort or what have you. But they knew that in a week, two weeks, a month, the cavalry was coming. And even then there was massive rioting. But what happens when it dawns on everybody in the entire country that the entire country is in the same boat and there's no cavalry? Then, then the, the rules of civilization go out the window. I don't know if you if read the review I did of uh, the book A Failure of Civility, but I've been like a missionary telling that book since I got a copy of it. You know, it's going to be a new dark ages very, very quickly. Well, you know, that's, it's an important point to bring up, is that really, when it comes to the entire world, the United States has been a shining example of freedom. It has been the bastion of freedom, and people all around the world look to the United States when they want freedom. They say, that's what we want to be like. We wanted to be free. And so, if we fall, if we lose freedom in this country, then we will, as a planet descend into another medieval period. Yeah, in, in economics, um, some people, they, they, um, they look at economics with, um, in cycles. Some people refer to them as um, the Fibonacci numbers uh, or cycles and super cycles. And some people even talk about what they call a, gr- a grand super cycle, which is a thousand-year event. And 
a thousand-year event can go into a dark ages that lasts for centuries. Exactly. And 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 you could easily see massive die-offs. Um, and it, it happens very easily. You know that I didn't even know this. I was aware that the Irish went through a hard time in the 1840s and 50s with the, the potato famine. You know the bug that wiped out the only food that the Irish tenant, you know, farmers were able to really grow and live off of. But I didn't realize that in the in the 1600s, when Cromwell invaded, up to half of the Irish population died in five years. Half of the population. All you have to do is drive people out of their homes in the wintertime, and they die. You know, and that was back when people lived a lot closer to the land. You know, they, the Irish in 1620s, they weren't, uh, you know, depending on electricity and and refrigeration and, you know, heating and air conditioning. They had peat fires and potatoes out back. But if you drive people out of their homes, if you cut off their food and it's cold out, they die. They get sick. They die of hypothermia. They die of disease. They murder each other for the last scrap of food. So there's, if you look through history, there's many situations where, where uh, cultures go through cataclysmic die-offs. You know, the Anasazi people in, in uh, the Southwest these things can happen very rapidly, and I don't think we're immune to them. And in some ways, we have accelerants that are going to make it even worse because there's never been a situation I know of where you know, you have such a high percentage of a population living in densely populated cities. They haven't a prayer of growing enough food in a city inside of a beltway. They well, completely depend on trucks and trains bringing in a conveyor belt of food from outside. If that conveyor is disrupted for any reason, those cities are going to explode. And within a month, the only thing left to eat will be each other. We have to take a quick commercial break right here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More with best-selling author Matt Bracken right after this. Well, it's a very bleak scenario for sure. And well, it's very bleak. And the... And the it won't be great for the people in the countryside either because a city, you could almost look at it like a, an undisturbed hornet's nest. If you're looking at a great big hornet's nest hanging in the barn, you might see five or six hornets around it going in, coming out. If you walk up and smack that thing with a baseball bat, all of a sudden you're going to find out there was a thousand hornets inside and they're all very pissed off. And the, a city will be like that. You know, starving people will not starve in their apartment. A starving man can walk for a hundred miles easily just drinking ditch water and hoping to find something along the way. They're not going to stay in the city. They're going to head out. And it's going to be really ugly. Well, you know, there's no question that that scenario is is very ugly. And uh, I wish that uh, I was optimistic uh, and obviously you're not, that uh, we can avoid all that. I don't know if we can. Uh, no, because our, our leaders believe that they can start a small bonfire and control it and master it, and at the end of the day, you know, be the, the uh, I don't care if you call it progressive, communist, socialist, collectivist, but they intend to be the rulers and under you know, a completely post-constitutional set of, of rules. And I don't think that they realize once this bonfire ignites it will not be they will not be able to control it i think the the best example of that that you gave before was was katrina in new orleans 
Uh, that is what they're looking at, that kind of a scenario that's small and controllable. And they're, they're hoping, hoping, and maybe they believe, that that will be the type of scenario that they can control because it's small and by intimidation keep everyone else in control. But whatever is going on in terms of their beliefs or their plans, um, obviously that those plans are flawed and they really have not thought about the implications of, of what they're doing. Uh, that's why when people read books like the ones you've written, uh, my hope is that enough people will start to wake up before we're quite over the cliff. I don't know if that's possible or not. But... I, don't, I don't think that it's possible. And, uh, you know, it's something that, you know, you can only reach the reachable. And it's useless to try to wake up these people that are living in a stupefied existence in cubicles, staring at big screen TVs, you know, drugged out, drunked out, pleasure comaed out. They've got free food. They've got air conditioning. You cannot reach these people. They will not believe you. In fact, they'll think you're crazy. So all you can do is try to nudge the reachable in the right direction and encourage them to get away from the, the areas that are absolutely going to be train wrecks. If you are camped out on the tracks between the two trains, I don't care who you are, you are not going to do well in that situation. You have got to get out of the impact zone. Absolutely, Matt Bracken. I really, I never thought in my life that I'd see anything like this happening. And I never thought that freedom would be such a hard sell. I never thought that it would take such effort to come before people and say, you're losing freedom and have them say, so what? Right. And, and that's really where we're at. I mean, it's a question of selling freedom to those who still can understand what the meaning of freedom is, why it is well, so important. We're, we're just way outnumbered. And, by the people who are who are staring at big screen entertainment, you know the Kardashian nation. You are not going to reach them in time. They will be there at the scene of the train wreck, and then they'll be screaming for martial law. They'll be begging for martial law. If it's a voting situation, they'll vote for martial law, but it won't matter. So all all you can do is encourage the reachable folks to get out of the impact zone and start storing some food, make sure there's a water supply, because when this, when this uh, Titanic hits the iceberg, when we all go over the waterfall, you know, I, I compare it to a, uh, you know, a pleasure cruise down the Niagara River, and some of us have gotten a hold of a map, and we realize what's up around the bend. You know, and that, that, that roaring sound up ahead, it's not applause. <laughs> it's something else. Well, definitely. But you can't convince the people on the pleasure boat. They're all staring at big screen TVs. Well, let me just tell you, Matt, you and I both have a map. There's no question about it. And uh, let me tell you, you and I know what we've got to do, and my listeners uh, know what they've got to do. Uh, and uh, by God, we will do what we have to do. Matt Bracken, it's been a great discussion with you. I've been enthusiastically listening to you, talking with you, even more enthusiastically reading those incredible books that you wrote, Enemies Foreign to Domestic, Domestic Enemies and Foreign Enemies and Traitors, three incredible books. Anyone within the sound of my voice, if you have not read those books, you need to run out and get them. Matt, Matt Bracken, thank you so very, very much thank for you, being my guest. It was a pleasure. Thank you, sir, and God bless.
You too. We'll need it. Absolutely. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. People I just love to hear that old man sing. Yeah, when I play the hoochie coochie man, I get joy in everything. Everything, everything, everything gonna be alright this morning.